Organissima New York. Your exotic skin, hair, and beauty source, and your one-stop shop for all your natural and organic skin and hair care. Featuring authentic organic Moroccan oil and prickly pear seed oil and much more. Bringing you only the best straight from the source and proudly produced in the USA. So what are you waiting for? Shop today at www.arganissima.com. Arganissima, New York. Your beauty is our... Folks, welcome back to the iHealth channel, iHealth Radio. New day, new show, new topic, new guests as always. Uh, always trying to, you know, come up with some interesting shows for you guys and, uh, you know, bring something new. And we've talked about a lot of different concepts in health and fitness and wellness. Uh, we even touched about dancing last week. But, but you know, there is a, a concept in health that is, that is important that we might sometimes not even think about it as something that can help um, in the health space and healthcare space. And that is the world of arts and how they impact health and what's their effect on health and on people in general. So today I have someone that actually specializes in this, this business and actually works for a company that does this for uh, you know day in, day out to help people in healthcare settings and assist them with their health. And, and, and not just the people, actually, even the people that work with, with you know, in the setting to help them just be happier, healthier, and so on and so forth. So, I mean, I'm probably going to just butcher it. <laughs> you know, I want to give my guest the opportunity to, to explain that. But, you know, one thing about him is that he has a lot of background in talk shows. Uh, he's been doing this for a long time. He has his own podcast. And his podcast is an interesting name. I, I want to say it, but I want to allow him to say that for us and, and, and give us the name for it. Again, as always, I start being a little bit of a, a suspenseful, so let's not go there any further. So with me today, I have Richard Wilmore. Richard, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Uh, listen, it's a pleasure. It's, a, it's, it's fun to have you on because I know we're going to have a lot of good stuff today. And uh, I know people are going to benefit from the discussion. Uh, you and I connected, you know, a few months back and um, your topic was just unique and uh, it's a different angle. And uh, you love it. You're passionate about it. And you've seen a lot of success. Uh, we're going to deep dive in, into that in a few minutes. But before that, I'd like you to share with us your, your story and I know you have a good one, and especially in the world of uh, talk shows and, and, and different guests and the fun that you've had in your dreams since you were a kid. So let's talk about all that. <laughs> sure. Well, I don't know about you, but I was a 10-year-old boy who wanted to be a talk show host. Like, you know, most talk show, like most nine-year-olds, uh, boys want to be talk show hosts. And that's what I wanted to do for, like, literally, I was playing talk show in my bedroom. That's what I would do while everyone was outside playing. I was pretending to talk to Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt and, and that's what I was, how I was living my life. And then I was able to, my dog needs to come in now. That's uh, uh, and then I was able to actually do that in 2016. I had the chance to start my own talk show and I started it in a basement in Maryland, actually. I, I converted a basement into like a TV studio and I would have bands and I would have audience members. And at the time, social media wasn't a huge thing. And so I would go on Craigslist and I would, I would find like people who were coming to town to do things or promoting things back when that's when what you were using Craigslist for. And I would just invite them over and be like, do you want to come in my basement and talk to me and I'll film it? And a lot of people said yes. So that's where it really started. And it's now a show that airs on Apple TV and Roku and Amazon Fire. So we've come a long way in five years. Wow. Well, first of all, that is impressive because when you're that age and that's, that's something you've thought about and, you know, uh, you made it work. And that's actually a beautiful yeah. thing because, because, you know, not everybody actually does what they love when they grow up, you know, or what they dreamt of when they were kids. And uh, I can relate to that. I dreamt to work at Disney and that was my first job. So, wow. you know, when you set a goal, you know, and, and again, for, for our uh, purposes of show, I try to always throw in some inspiration and motivation. You set a dream, you know, no matter how big that dream is, you know, as scary as it gets, you know, go for it. Don't ever give up and make it work. And so you're just a, a perfect example of someone who, you know, thought about this at an early age, you know, who knows? I mean, at that age, everything can change in life. 
mm-hmm. but you made it work. And, and the way you made it work is also more interesting. <laughs> I mean, I get the concept of you converting your basement into a, a talk show place or maybe a studio. I did that. But, but when you're talking about having a live audience and, and, and capturing them from, <laughs> from just visiting the town, that, that's yeah. actually more interesting. <laughs> yeah. Now, <is> that, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. It was a weird, uh, I'll get people who now like, I was filming in a bedroom at one point and people would contact me to be on the show thinking it was, they were going to a TV studio. Cause I like, that was my, I never, I, I filmed my first episode and never thought about editing or microphones or lighting. Like none of that mattered to me. I just wanted to talk to people and hear people's stories. And so I filmed my first episode and I had all this footage on an iPad and I thought, oh, I don't know what to do with this. Like I hadn't, so I just Googled like free editing software and I just have taught myself how to do it. So the goal with every show is to change something to better it. That's my goal with every show I do. Uh, listen, I, I did that too. <laughs> you know what it is? That's perfect because, you know, most people think they have to be perfect when they start. Yeah. And I always say this, and the, the most successful people tell you the same, start first and fix it and tweak it and it'll get better in time and you'll get better at it, you know, the more, but if you don't start, that's the bottom. You got to start yeah. first. You know, you can have some basics to your point. You started taking the shots, you started taking in the videos and did something. And then you're just like, hmm, this is not working. This is good. You know, lightning, this, that. And next thing you know, you're on TV. Now you have your own, now you're on podcasts. And that's really actually, uh, you know, for anyone that's listening, and if you want to do this, you can. Uh, people are doing this and they're having a great time with it. They help a lot of people and it's, it, it can be very fun. I enjoy yeah. everything. Every show I have is fun. I know. I, I feel so lucky to be able to talk to the people I get to talk to and interact with the people I get to. And you think about the people who become famous overnight. They've been, you know, stand-up comedians who are famous overnight have been working in crappy clubs for 20 years, trying to get to that one moment where all of a sudden you're famous. So nothing ever happens overnight, really. Well, again, that's actually powerful. <clears throat> and you're right. I mean, people see the, the success today. They don't know how long it took to exactly. be there, but, but it takes nights. And to your point, it could be in somewhere nobody even knows about you and you're just yeah. trying and getting better at it. And you get, you know, notice one day and that's when, you know, that, that whole flame, you know, comes out. Oh, my God. Oh, you know, we love <laughs> him and whatever. But, but what did it take to get there? And everybody, any top actor, if you look at their stories or, or a performer in general, any, any successful person, you look at their performance, you know, over the years, it took a minute. They, they did a lot of, you know, some of the top stars, they started with commercials and, you mm-hmm. know, and some of the athletes, they, they've lost many, you know, games before they became, you know, who they are today. But that's, that's really life for everyone watching and listening. I mean, you should just always consider that. Never think that failure is going to be something that's going to stop you because you won't. If anything, it will just teach you more and make you stronger and better at whatever you do. Yeah. Uh, well, listen, so that was good. I mean, although that was not really... That's our podcast. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> we haven't even begun, right? We haven't even started yet. So, so but, but really, I mean, again, we relate to this because we both have almost similar, you know, uh, concepts about it. And, and we almost share the same ways of growth on this this particular uh you know realm and you know what it works and it's going to work for anybody and anything that you do as long as you do it and don't don't let anybody tell you otherwise that's all (laughs) so now so so now let's talk about first of all what kind of shows i mean what kind of guests do you have i mean just different topics or you just focus on art in general uh on my show the richard wilmore show it's an entertainment variety show so i have actors comedians authors musicians you name it. I've had fire eaters. I've had everything on there. Anybody who's doing something fun is what I want to talk to. Um, and then I also host an arts and health podcast. All right. So let's talk about that. What's the name sure. of it? <laughs> uh, it's called Arts for the Health of It. I love it. Well, our theme is health and wellness. So, so I, I think that, that, that that's a great segue to our discussion today. But I do want to say that something about what you just said about your show and your guests. You, you're right. I mean, I know actually I've, I've seen some of the, the things, uh, you know, I've read some some of the uh, preview stuff about you and your show and you've had some some celebrities there, too. You know, so uh, it, it's it's an interesting you get a diversified, you know, crowd and different, you know, guests and different angles. And, and that's that's sweet. I mean, you you share that with people and that's fun. Yeah. The power of an Instagram DM. That's what that is when I get famous people. on. <laughs> hey, listen, whatever it takes. Right. exactly (laughs) and it's working that's what matters that's it and people you know it can work it will work just do it yeah yeah so 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 
uh, art for the health of it. <laughs> just love that title. I told you this. It's just like, you know, people got to get that one. I mean, I just had to highlight that one one more time. But but let's let's go about that. So so that's the podcast. Mm -hmm. but you do work for a not for profit, you know, organization that actually kind of uh, promotes arts in the health world. So let's talk about that company and the work you do. And then let's correlate that to the podcast. And, you know, because it's got to be the same theme and the same topic. Yeah, so I met the founder randomly at a theater one night when I first moved to San Antonio. She had a little table and I knew the guy who was running the theater. I went to go see a play and he said, oh, I want to I uh, introduce you to someone. And so I went over there and she had this little cardboard sign that she made herself. And she like she was like a year, I think Hearts Need Art was like a year old at the time. And so I talked to her and I ended up booking her on my talk show to come and do some art. And we talked about Hearts Need Art. And then I went home and I thought, you know what? Like I have a good life. I'm well, I'm healthy. I'm paying my bills. I should volunteer for them. So I filled out their artist or their volunteer application. And she emailed me back like four seconds later. And I was like, is this Richard Wilmore? And I was like, yes. And she's <laughs> she like, oh my gosh, we'd love to have you. So I went uh, and got coffee with her and talked to her and she was running this nonprofit all by herself. Like she was the only one doing everything. And I thought she needs help. And so I just started volunteering and give me more, give me more stuff to do. And she was finally like, you know, uh, you're doing more work than I'm doing. Like we need to start paying you. So in a cool way, I got to kind of create my own job. And I was the first full-time employee at Hearts Need Art. And what we do is we, we hire musicians, artists, and writers, and we go into hospitals and we work with adult patients and their family members and medical staff, and we make art and we create music and we do writing sessions with them. And it's a great way to kind of distract from why you're in a hospital. We work with a lot of cancer patients who are there for, you know, a year at a time. And oftentimes it's, oftentimes it's their last stop on their journey of life. And so there are a lot of emotions up and down with family members and themselves and we get to create a safe space where they can express themselves, not necessarily have to talk about anything that deals with why they're in the hospital. And oftentimes there's a lot of laughter, which I was shocked when I first started going in there. You know, you think I grew up, my dad uh, was diagnosed with cancer when I was in second grade and he's had cancer almost every year since. And thankfully he's still alive. And, um, but I thought what a, this would have been amazing to have when he spent years in hospitals, like, and he had nothing to do but sit there and watch awful television and sleep. And so this gives people something to talk to their doctors about, their nurses about, and their families about that, that, that is something other than why you're sitting in a hospital. Wow. Well, it's amazing. You, you started, you said that, that, that's funny what you said about I had the luxury of starting my own job. <laughs> and and, and that, that is funny because not everybody gets to do that, right? And you were able yeah. to do this. But it's funny because you did volunteer and and you know, because you're you you were into it and amazing, like you start as a volunteer and you wind up actually in a career pad here almost. Mm -hmm. And and not only that, it's fulfilling enough because you're talking about some serious illnesses. Yeah. I mean, cancer is probably one of the most devastating, you know, diseases that exist out there. And, you know, people do suffer. And to your point, when some of these folks are in, in hospital, whether at any given age, it is not a picnic. It is a very, mm -hmm. uh, I guess, lonely journey, no matter what, you know, their mind is, is always thinking about health and life and all that. And they need that distraction. TV sometimes that's not going to do it. Uh, and they need a little bit of, of, of life and spice in that life of theirs at yeah. any given time. And, and I'm sure some people you were able to assist one way or the other to overcome, you know, their dilemmas and pain because their mind is, you know, kicking nice and, and laughter and is, is a medicine, right? And yeah, I mean, it, it reduces anxiety, it reduces pain levels. So it actually helps the, the medical staff be able to assist them better. And they often, uh, there are reports that engaging in the arts, that you actually uh, are able to give them less pain medications, so they're on less drugs while they're in there because they're able to channel all of that into something else that isn't, you know, when you sit there for days on end and no one's visiting you, especially during the pandemic when you have no visitors, like 
this is why this is how you get sick. This is how you remain sick is that you have no outlet and you're just sitting there wondering what the rest of your life is going to be like. Well, it is tough. And, and, and again, you're, you're hitting on a very uh, powerful point, which is, you know, we're talking about the, the patients, but the staff too, it takes a toll on both, uh, you know, and, and you're right. If the, if the patients are not responsive and they're struggling, I mean, the staff will always going to get harder times yes. to, to administer things or even get through to them. But if everybody's happy and the mood is right, you know, things can, can be easier and more comfortable for all. Uh, that's, that's so, so, so powerful right there. Now, yeah. now, what kind of art, and I know you mentioned music and stuff. So what kind of program do you actually run, you know, at those facilities? So we, before the pandemic, we were doing group activities where everyone would, would get invited to like an art room and we would have a, a teacher there, a facilitator, and they would have a project and either people could participate in that project or if they weren't feeling it, they could do whatever they wanted, really. Um, it's very patient led. Whatever they want to do is what we allow them to do there are obviously barriers we're not therapists mm -hmm. we're just artists from the community who want to come in and hang out with people um so there are some boundaries that we have to make sure we don't cross or get the right people involved when those boundaries are crossed uh, but it's anything it's literally from crocheting to painting to crayons which you know as adults to like <laughs> when's the last time you held one of those things you know <laughs> like and you get that in your hand and suddenly you're a three-year-old and you're just scribbling and oftentimes that's what it is. It isn't, it's, you know, I say most of my artwork gets hung on the walls of a garbage can, but it isn't the point of like what comes, you know, the final piece. It's, it's that camaraderie of being in a room with people. It's just the mark making is, is what it's all about. Well, it makes, it makes life goes better and faster in a way and enjoyable. Also there's yeah. the spirit of, competition because you got other people and who's going to get the best drawing and whatever i can just see the whole i mean i've seen that actually not in the in the same scenario but close enough in, in like senior centers and and some of these mm -hmm. places where they do have activities and it gets very rowdy and those people can get real fun i mean again with the pain level and things like that some of these folks can have you know medication and some of them yeah. probably are linked to you know some sort of an iv it's a little harder but, but again, nevertheless, it does make a difference for their lives. And, and at the moment, again, the least you think about your, your, your sickness, the yeah. better you are and the better exactly. off you are. So yeah. you're giving them enough hours to not think about their status and just be, you know, immersed in something different. Uh, and that's, that's powerful. And again, yeah, we, we don't have time limits with people now that the, you know, we're not allowed to do group things. We do bedside. So we go into everybody's room and we can paint their windows or we can sit at the bedside and do something uh, with them and there isn't like a okay you know therapy time's up in an hour I have to go I mean sometimes our artists are in there for hours at a time and sometimes they're not even doing art they're just chatting because they just want to talk to someone about life so it's it's very um, interesting but you know, we're talking about the competition thing and we did a class a group class before the pandemic where we bought little wooden like vehicles and so we did a painting class and the table was covered and everybody painted their little trucks and then I took off the table cover and there was a racetrack under it and to watch these adults like in their 50s and 60s get excited about racing little cars around a folding table was the most exciting day of my life but well, it's you gotta go be, back to that. that that well again listen uh, there is no age uh to fun I mean I I, yes. I, I it's it's uh Remember I said about the dream of working at Disney. I mean, Disney brings the magic in everyone yeah. uh, and the child in everyone. And so, so it doesn't matter how old you are. When you go there, you turn, you become your, 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 that, that little kid that you were back whenever, whatever age you were and you yeah. were having fun. It's, it's the same thing. So when you have fun and you have activities, everybody gets to be, you know, bring out that childish, you know, moment in you and, and personality and that's fun. And, you know, but again, I think the key here, you're right. You're not therapists. But psychologically speaking, you're doing a lot more than, than people would see because mm -hmm. their mental state is in a better place. And they're, even their activity, they're moving. They're not just yes. you know, sitting in the bed, getting some bed sores. You know? It's yep. actually doing something for their body. They move in there. The limbs are you know, getting activities and, and motion. And that's a whole different world right there. And you know, I'm sure you're also supported by, by therapy and, and staff around. And you said you do this not only just for them, you also do activities with their caregivers and, and the mm -hmm. staff at the facilities. 
uh, and, and again, they all are, are equally important. If those guys are happy and they're comfortable, they can do better in terms of taking care of, you know, those folks and the ultimate result, everybody wins. Exactly. So, so, so now when you met the lady, you know, and you started this whole journey, uh, you knew what she was doing as, as, as a, an opportunity or you discovered it at that time. I had never heard of arts and health before. And like, and it never was a word or a phrase that I had ever heard. But as soon as she told me what she was doing, I was like, well, duh, like, yes. And at the time I was actually going through a divorce. And so I was in a really bad state myself. And I thought, you know what? I need to make myself, make myself feel better. I'm going to take myself on a date and go to the theater and see a play. And now looking back, I'm like, that was arts and health. Like <laughs> that was exactly what I was doing was for my health, for my my own health, I needed to go ingest in the arts. And that's also important to know that like, you know, I'm not a professional artist ever. I, my first class I went to with Hearts Need Art, I sat around the table and we were painting something. And I remember watching everybody else paint and I wouldn't start until I saw what everyone else was doing because I was so competitive in my head and I didn't want to be the worst one in the room. And now I know that I'm usually the worst one in the room, but that's okay. That's not the point. But um, yeah, it was, it was exactly what I needed. And it's not just making art for people who are afraid to do that or, or making music or writing. It's ingesting. It's going to museums, even if they're virtual museums. It's going to see plays. All of that actually has health benefits that are recorded. Well, it, it does. And I, I'm going to give you, I mean, listen, we talk about the seventh art or like the movies and all this stuff. That's actually been my, one of my, I do, I love the gym. I love working out and travel and stuff, but, but mm -hmm. some, and driving actually. So a couple of things get me nice and comfortable. That's my, my Zen time is when I just zone out in a movie and just kind of blank out the world. And it, it actually, yes, it's, it's sci-fi, whatever fiction. Some of it is actually teaching and learning, you know, right there. But, but at the same time, it's just my thing. So to your point, everybody has a different you know, way and any form of art can be utilized to assist you and get you in your own you know, place. And sometimes it does diffuse your whatever anxiety and, and, and feelings you have. It just mellows you down and that's big. Yeah. I mean, I don't know of anyone that goes to movies and, and comes up like, you know, really, you know, pissed. I mean, you come in, right. if it's depressed, if it's actually uh, uh, some sort of a, uh, a drama, you might be crying, whatever. So you're emotional. And if it's action, you just get all pumped up and you're like into it. So it, it gets you like living in a, in a fake world for a minute, but actually exactly. it, it just kind of zones up everything. The reality of things stops. And that moment is a reset for you. So now mm -hmm. you can go back and have a better, you know, energy and it works. So, so, and you're right. You, you, you see artists, you know, just painting. Some people take painting as an actual hobby mm -hmm. and it's relaxing. You know, you go in, you take some time and, and it, it brings that, that nice creativity and all that and just the sight itself. And so it's many. Music is another. It's, a, it's great. And everybody loves music. I don't know of anyone yeah. that doesn't like music. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I've met one yet, but 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 all I kinds of music. someone whose dad didn't like music she was a musician and her father hated music but he loved the sound of nature he loved birds he, and i was like that's music it's music exactly it's, it's just, just you know he would call her music noise can you please stop that noise but he loved the sound of nature and he was the, the only person i've ever met that doesn't like music well like again now now i met <laughs> i didn't meet yeah. him yet <laughs> but at least i know of one <laughs> But like you said, I mean, sometimes we define things the way we are, but music is in nature. I mean, yeah. you don't need to have an instrument to hear music. It's all around us. I mean, there are people literally that just compose nature, you know, sounds and into into some sort of a, uh, you know, hearing thing. And some people have, you know, YouTube channels for this. And there are real CDs that are selling out there just to hear the, the sounds of nature. Yeah. So and it's suiting. I mean, it's actually pretty good. Uh, but but so so now you you get your guests somehow <laughs> now is that the same trick you used you know when you did the shows initially? instagram dms <laughs> yeah i mean yeah sometimes yes um otherwise uh we use different like platforms online that are for podcasts and podcast guests um or we're just we i see articles of people that are out doing the work or have been affected by the work and i reach out to them i find their email and that's usually how it works. Mm. So, you know, you just find them. The internet's full of people. So you find them and ask. And our, the, the woman who made our theme song to the podcast, uh, the founder actually found on TikTok. 
she was going through TikTok and the song came up and she was like, oh my God, I love this song. This would be perfect. And we contacted her and she recorded the song. It wasn't a recorded song. She was just at her piano playing one day. The, the entire song wasn't even written. So she finished writing the song and they recorded it and produced it for us. So they're, they're everywhere. We find them everywhere. Well, I mean, that, that's, that's, that's very nice to hear that, you know, people are out there willing to help, you know, and I'm not sure if they get paid or not, but whether they, they are or not, I mean, that's one. I mean, people don't work for free typically. I mean, they can mm -hmm. volunteer and do stuff. But even when you said you stay there for hours, you know, bedside and, and, and help, you know, people have better things to do, but they would choose to be there and, and they're yeah. helping. Uh, I, that, that must be unique that, to know that. Well, it's not unique, but it's, I think, uh, very heartwarming, I think, to everyone listening that people are willing to do the right thing in this world and help others in a lot of different ways. Who would have thought that people would just basically say, okay, I want to go and, and, and work in, in this environment and help people that are sick and do this. I mean, not everybody may think about it, but it is happening. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't, a lot of times you don't know about it. We do, we do pay our artists and our musicians and our writers. Um, some are volunteers because they just want to do the work. Um, but you know, we're an arts organization. So we think it's very important to pay for the arts. Uh, and so we do offer that. And we have musicians who will sell out concerts uh, who don't do that anymore because they want to spend their time one-on-one -on -one with someone in the hospital. And to them, they get more out of that than an arena full of people. And I feel like that really says something about the power of it. It's amazing. Because they're not making as much money at Arts Need Iron as they were selling out a club. But you know, well, it, that I, means I more to them. Well, a true artist would never is never in it for the money. Money is good. Exactly. Listen, money yeah. can do a lot of things and get you it better helps. exposure. It helps. But at the end of the day, if you do it for the right reasons, money will come. And that's that's really mm -hmm. the bottom line. And again, these guys are doing this. Who knows? One day someone, oh, my God, I work here and we want you to do this big charitable concert, yeah. whatever. And now you have plenty of money available to you. I mean, there's so many things. I mean, that's a charitable, yeah. but, you know, they're sponsored somehow. Yeah. <laughs> you exactly. know, but but that's the other thing. So 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 your it is a not for profit. Or nonprofit. I mean, mm -hmm. I know there's a little difference between the two, and so so obviously they have sponsors and, and folks that actually contribute and donations and uh, for the for the right cause and and it, it's, it's big. Um, how how easy to actually get people to really support this cause? Uh, we have a really great group of people who support us monthly. Um, we do a lot of Facebook fundraising. We also. Uh, apply for a lot of grants throughout Texas and the United States. We have someone who's very part-time who kind of works on that side of it. But there are a lot of people who either have, have benefited from Hearts Need Art or know the power of it in, in life that support us every month or every week. So we're very lucky. What, what about we're relatively the, small. We're not a huge, you know, we're not like this giant nonprofit that has 3,000 employees. We have 12. We have, I'm still the only full-time employee here. So we have a lot of contracts, did artists and, and um, staff members, but we're still a very small nonprofit. Well, listen, I mean, again, it hasn't been long, right, since this started. So, so like everything else starts small and grows. And exactly. again, the word is out there. You're doing it now. Uh, are you working also with the healthcare facilities and, and the healthcare set and settings to to like to subsidize some of the costs and, and sponsor some of these artists? Yeah, we work. We started before the pandemic in one hospital, one floor on one hospital, and the pandemic happened, and all of a sudden there was a need for programming. People weren't allowed in, but everyone was virtual. So we started getting calls from hospitals around the country who needed virtual programming. Um, we were kind of one of the first arts and health organizations to go virtual so that people were hearing about us. And we now work with the USC and Northwestern in Chicago and Sloan Kettering in uh, New York. And um, some of them pay, some of them don't, some of them pay a percentage. It, it all kind of depends on, on budgets and we work with grants. We can you know hook up with them with a double apply for a grant. They're all different ways of funding it, but um, it's hard when, when you're a nonprofit, everyone assumes that everyone's a volunteer and you don't need any money, but it still costs money to do things. You know, Crayola, we'd love to have them give all of, uh, all of our supplies that we use, but they don't, someone has to buy them, you know? 
Well, again, you know, it's funny. I, a long time ago, I used to work at, I, I've been in the health industry as well, and I'm in the insurance world. And uh, uh, we were in the government program for the most part. And there were times where we did a lot of activity and we actually reach out, uh, you know, to like Toys R Us and things like that. And we had them literally sponsor some toy drives and things like that. And they paid for all of it. I mean, mm -hmm. there are companies that are willing to, to put their name out and, and be part of the community's fabric and help. Well, you're right. It's it's not always, you know, they're not going to always do it, but they do have budgets. All these companies out there, they have yeah. budgets for community, you know, uh, outreach and events and so on and so forth. So they can do some of it. But again, to your point, it, it is going to cost something to do anything in this world. And uh, yeah. yeah, volunteering works only so much. <laughs> but but, you know, there's 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 different ways to 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 generate the right funding and things like that. Now, I want to talk about the experience of these people mm -hmm. that you guys are helping. What are some of the most notable moments that you've probably encountered or some of your folks have, you know, uh, seen or, or felt? And also maybe some of the testimonials that some people really came to you says, you know, you, you saved my life. Or even, you know, the, maybe the, the, the children of someone saying, you know what, you know, my parent was not doing good. Then you, you know, cheered them up to a point. And even if they went, you know, they went in a happy time, whatever, they were in a better place. Anything of that, you know, type of stories that yeah, I'm sure there's some, you know, there's no yeah. way to do all this working they're going to hear. <laughs> yeah. So as like a performer for myself, I went in the first couple of times thinking like, you know, I'm here to make them feel better. I'm here to like make sure they're smiling, but that's not what it is. We're really there to, to meet them where they're at. If they're having a bad day, they're having a bad day. If they want to express that, cool. But I'm not necessarily there to make sure that, that they're smiling when I leave. That's not my goal. And so I always tell patients that I like no's as much as I like yeses, and they can say no to me, but that doesn't mean I'm not coming back tomorrow to ask them if they want to hang out with me. And that can go on for weeks at a time until someone either gets bored or they get sick of me coming in and they finally say, yes, fine, I'll come do whatever you want me to do. And that happened once with, with a male patient and he went to an art class finally and came out of it and he was crying and he shook my hand and he just said thank you and we hear that all just like because they don't know what else to say you know and they can't do anything else but it's just like a thank you for for not giving up on me thank you for continuously to ask me if I want to um and then of course because I'm a baby I started crying too because I was like finally I got him um <laughs> but it's like those moments you know where you're not you're we're not there to force them to do anything, but we're also not there to like give up on anybody either. We're well, uh, available to them. Exactly, yeah. And then another time, same thing where they didn't want to come and didn't want to come out. There was a staff member actually, and they were embarrassed and they didn't want to like make bad art and they finally came. And after a couple of times, he came up to me and he said, Richard, I think I'm an artist. I was like, you are an artist. And he ended up, one of his designs got put on one of our greeting cards. And so he bought a whole bunch to like hand out to his family and tell them that he made them. So it's moments like that. And we hear a lot from, from family members, especially after patients pass, they reach out to us to see if we have any of their artwork. Because um, we make little art galleries in the hospitals where we hang their artwork in the hallways and people, patients can go and show their family members or their medical staff, like what they created. Um, so that's always a really bittersweet moment where you hear about it kind of after they're gone. Um, but we've had it where they'll reach out to us and sometimes we didn't even know that we had that much of an impact, but the family member will ask if we would perform at their funeral um, because uh, they've heard so much about what an impact we've had on them. That's some powerful stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it has to be, you know, very, very pleasing to know that, you know, you're doing this and there is some unique satisfaction to it because again, just hearing these stories, I mean, even us, I'm listening to you right now for the first time about this and it does have, it does have a little feeling about it. I mean, it touches you, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I wish, I mean, it, there, there's more of these activities out there and, uh, you know, healthy or sick, people need some some sort of a uh, assistance. We all need it. I mean, whether yeah. you know, we talked about movies and stuff. But I mean, there's there's different ways, and on art is you know is, is the other part, right? Now, now, is there any art level or art style that you guys see more, uh, or, you know, I guess appeal for, or you know, more people kind of enjoy, you know, than others? For example, I mean, 
got music and you got painting, you got all these other arts and crafts, whatever. But but is there anyone that people prefer more than the other? And at least engage I I, more with? Sure. Yeah. I, a really easy point of entry for us is asking someone if they want their window painted in their in their hospital room. Because they can participate or not. We've had patients who who love just watching it happen. And then we have patients who are like, give me a paintbrush. And they'll get out of their beds and paint some of the window. And that is really fun to watch because they get to decide what goes on their window. So it can be anything and we'll hopefully figure it out to at least make it look decent if it's completely crazy. But I mean, there's anything from like beach scenes to football players on their windows and it's, you know, they get to customize their, their rooms that they have to spend so much time in. So that's always really special. And then when their family comes, then they're surprised. And sometimes uh, they'll leave it for the next person coming into the room. And then that person kind of gets to enjoy that, or we can take it down and do something custom for them. But that's usually um, probably the most the most uh, requested thing from people. But we'll get everything. We'll get everything from like, hey, do you have a crochet kit? To do you have colored pencils? You know, like an error. Do you have a ruler and a piece of paper? Like it's, or we'll have, you know, like anybody can be in a hospital. So we'll get professional musicians and we'll get professional artists in there who come in and they already have their entire room stocked full of high quality equipment and so now they just get to artist on artist get to spend time with another artist creating that's always really cool too to be a part of nice nice so so now let's talk about the podcast mm -hmm. you, you obviously started it for this purpose because i mean you, you you know this business well enough and and so so the topics that you choose are they you know arts related 100 i mean then you get basically artists to to have a chat with and talk about like you know uh, some form of art and how it benefits uh, similar to what we're doing right now basically exactly okay. yeah so, we felt we felt like there was not there weren't a lot of podcasts or places that people could find out about it and one of one of our our uh part of our mission and our vision is advocacy for arts and health and so we wanted to kind of expand that I, of course, being me, wanted to like create a whole television channel and make programming. And, and the founder was like, let's slow down a little bit. I don't think we have time to become the next Oprah or the next PBS, but like, what can we actually do? And I was like, well, what about a podcast? Um, and so we talked to people who are doing the all from all over the world who are doing the work, who have benefited from the work, who are doing research on arts and health. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's really great because I get to learn you know I, again selfish I get to learn <laughs> about about what's going on out there and then in that way we can teach other people as well well you know Richard I told you earlier if everybody was as selfish as, selfish as you we would all want to be selfish because <laughs> your selfishness actually does help others and typically selfishness is about you and nobody else <laughs> so it's, so this is it's a unique as you know angle on this <laughs> i try to put myself in the position of like i'm just like the the stage for people like use whatever platform i have to like tell the world what you're doing well, listen, you, you said it. I mean, I, I didn't even think about it, but you're right. You're talking to people who are actually involved in studies and, and research in the impact of art and health. And there's plenty of work out there that's being done. Mm -hmm. and, and, and just hearing these perspectives, and you're right. Uh, one thing that I do here, I, I learn tremendous amount of stuff on a day-to-day -day basis You know, mm -hmm. with my diversified guests. I'm in the health and wellness, and this is new to me. And we're talking about arts and stuff. I haven't had anybody before. So, so, so just imagine I, I've learned, you know, a few things just in this, in this half hour now, and that's really the most important part of it. I mean, but, but as I'm learning, everybody that's watching and listening right now is learning as well. And that's the beauty of it. So you share that, that knowledge and the wealth across, and this stuff doesn't go anywhere because it, once it's in the internet, it's for life, <laughs> it's infinite. <laughs> and, you know, 10 years, you know, thousands, maybe millions will actually have seen and, and heard some of the stuff. And that's going to benefit people over the, the, the centuries to come if, you know, if life go, goes on, you know, beyond, you know, uh, <laughs> the obvious. And, and, and again, that's that's a unique thing. That's actually what the legacy is. Mm. Um, so now, how often do you guys do that, the podcast? Uh, we release new episodes once a week, okay. but uh, we talk to people 
we're recording all the time. We actually are like two months ahead uh, of release dates. So we're taking a little bit of a break just to like breathe for a minute and concentrate on some other stuff. We've, we started uh, before the pandemic, we were in one hospital and because of the pandemic and after we're now in like 12 different hospitals because the need grew so much. So we're trying to figure all that out and make sure we have enough artists and musicians and writers and scheduling and all of that crazy stuff. So, so it's a good time to take a little break. Uh, we're still, but new episodes come out every every week. Every Excellent. So, so now you said 12 hospitals, that's in, in Texas. And then you yes. also do the, the virtual stuff. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So you still do and you can, you're gonna continue with the virtual national. Yeah, I mean, we were doing more earlier um but we've really scaled that down to really like who needs what um because there's so much out there in the virtual world and you know that's great to be virtual but there's nothing like sitting a few feet from someone and creating and um you know the benefits of that so we do it at kind of on an, on an as needed basis um we don't we're not a virtual 24 hours a day or even every day of the week uh, like we are in person, but we, I think that element of us will never go away. So how do people, how can people reach out and, and actually, you know, basically solicit your services and, and your work? Yeah, uh, you can go to our website, heartsneedart.org. And uh, there's a, there's a book us section, there's a virtual art session, there's a, everything you need is right there on our website. Um, we also started a program called Gratitude Grams for medical mm -hmm. staff where you can either sign up to receive them or you can send one to someone, to a medical professional. And we create weekly little like five minute videos of all the different types of arts for, for medical staff to open up and listen to a song or do a quick art project on their break. And it gives them a moment to kind of breathe and think about something else because, you know, medical staff burnout is insane right now and everyone is, sick and being forced to work and so it gives we have sent out thousands of those uh since we started that last year and that's been a really great program that we started so you actually just brought something to my mind now now when you do the program at the hospital right is that like two separate programs for the patients versus the staff or you just mix them up and they can have you know all one you know uh, event going on with with everybody participating I mean, kind of both. So if we're in a room and we've had where we're in a room and then a nurse walks in and they're playing the ukulele and she's like, oh, I know the ukulele. So then do you have five minutes? Yes, yeah. so we hand her a ukulele and then we're all hanging out together. Um, but we also do staff specific things like mm -hmm. in the break rooms. And we do, we have days where musicians go in and just play at the nurses stations, live music at the nurses stations. So a little bit of both. They, they're, of course, anybody who wants to join, family members, medical staff, when we're in a room is welcome to join. But um, we do specific stuff for the staff as well. And, and how often do you kind of book these things? And how advanced notice you need to book some of these events? Oh, uh, the virtual stuff? Well, physical or virtual. I mean, physical specifically would probably... I mean, we have, we have a schedule, a weekly schedule that goes out. So the the hospitals know when we're coming to do what program um, the virtual stuff we've literally gotten requests of like can you do something tonight and if someone's available we're there so right. you know that's I, I would prefer a little bit of time to figure it all out but you know sometimes you're needed and then you gotta go well listen i mean it's, i do the same sometimes you get a last minute request you gotta do it again right? yeah, exactly. it helps well so any any work with children uh i, I know we've talked about mostly adults but have you done any work with the the i guess the children or younger folks a little bit what um our founder realized she was a childhood leukemia survivor um and so when she was going through her treatment you know the children's hospital is like a, a circus there's stuff going on all the time there are clowns coming in and out there's always stuff to do and then she became an adult and started volunteering um she's a professional singer and realized what adult floors look like in hospitals and there's nothing going on. Uh, so that's really our focus as young adult and mm. older, but we were doing ukulele lessons with kids, uh, I think 10 and up at one point before the pandemic. Uh, we haven't been able to go back since then, but we were doing music lessons with, with children for a while. 
right. Well, again, listen, first of all, I, I have to say, you know, again, I don't know who the founder is personally. I mean, I, yeah, I'm hearing about her today. And so I guess are the audiences right now and the viewers, but, but I have to say, you know, I want to thank her for whatever, you know, her mission and vision. I mean, someone who's been through it and given back uh, in this particular way, it's, it's just impressive. And, uh, you know, again, she's commendable. So I, I was trying to try to give credit to anyone that's doing anything, you know, righteous and good in this world. So both of you guys, you know, are, are awesome and doing a great job and, uh, you know, it's needed. So, so that, that brings me to one more question here. Um, are we, are you planning, are you open to maybe expanding your uh, physical presence in, in other states other than the virtual, like you did in uh, Sloan Kettering and, and some others, like, you know, maybe if people are listening and watching right now and they want to participate and maybe volunteer in different states, is that something that you're open to? I don't know. I'm just asking. We've had, yeah, that's a great question because we get requests like that all the time and we've explored that. Um, it just takes so much <laughs> time and energy and, and funds that we're so small that we're really concentrating on like, we're sort of like in the incubator stage, I think, like perfecting it here in San Antonio uh, and then figure out how to kind of not necessarily franchise it, but how do you get it, you know, the, the Hearts New York brand, how do you train people in another city to do exactly what we're doing here so it's similar? Um, so we haven't done it yet, but we do get that request all the time. That's always in the back of our heads of like, you know, in our five, 10 year plan to really create kind of a stamp to be able to do it around the country. But anybody can really, I mean, our, our founder just started volunteering. You know, she went into a hospital and said, hey, can I come in once a week? So, and you'd be surprised if you just Googled arts and health in wherever you are, there's, a maybe good chance that there's already someone doing it there that you could kind of hook onto. So now I, we talked earlier about the cost and, and the sponsorship, but now have you maybe worked or partner with health plans? I mean, ultimately, you know, somebody is paying for those, those beds and, and, and the service and health plans usually try to contribute back to the health of their, their members, you know, to keep them healthier and, you know, maybe even off the hospital, but, but, but certainly they do have the ability to, I mean, we sponsor a lot of events on, on at least in New York, you know, I'm, I'm, that's where I am. Uh, we do events with communities, with hospitals and different things. So there's always a budget for those things. I don't know if that's, you know, you've, you've, I guess, explored it and maybe it's open to some of these folks can, can just join efforts with you guys in the same mission. And they, they do love that stuff. So what I know about like, are you talking about like health insurance and stuff yes. like that? Yeah. So what I, I don't know a ton of that because that's like the nerdy Stanzi founder side and her spreadsheets and I'm just the like, let me make <laughs> it look pretty. Uh, but from what I've heard is that it's really hard to get insurance to support stuff like this because right now, especially here in the United States, it's seen as, it's seen as like extra and not actually vital to the patient experience so you know when you go in the hospital and you get that like questionnaire after and you have to like rate your your experience at the hospital that pr our program isn't on any of those so that there's and then there's all this like legislation and coding and there's all this like stuff that has to go into it in order for it to actually be something that an insurance company would pay for well, no, as, as a billable, as a coded, yeah, no, I get it. But, you know, yeah. that's, that's got to take a lot more, <laughs> you know. But I'm talking more like as a, because, again, health plans do have their own community events and, and community teams and, yeah. and, and support that they do stuff in the community. And this could be if, if a hospital that, you know, you participate with, you know, and they have some potential members that may be there. Sometimes that, again, I'm just saying that could be something where uh, health plans can benefit as well as can help. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. I mean, cause they also, some of them might not even know. So once they learn, then they're like, Oh yeah. Listen, I mean, I, we've yeah. sponsored a lot of stuff in hospitals in New York, you know, for many years and, you know, and we do different things and activities similar, you know, to, into the, in, mm -hmm. in the floors or whatever. Uh, it, there's no reason why not. I mean, you know, uh, I, but some hospitals, obviously like Sloan Kettering, for example, doesn't take any insurance or maybe, you know, one or two insurance companies, you know, if any, so it's limited because of the type of care and things like that and the cost. And so insurance don't right. really contract with them, but some others, they may have cancer, you know, units and stuff like that. And, uh, some of the members of that plan could be, you know, affected and then therefore there may be some 
you know, vantage point. I don't know. I mean, it's just yeah. a thought that come. I, mean, I always try to connect the insurance to to all these activities. And I think there's most people think insurance these bad guys and they don't care and they just want to cut the pay. And I don't think that's the case. I mean, in it, I mean, there's commercial insurance is one thing. There's government programs is one another, and you know, depending on where you stand on that, you know, there are a lot of different things that can be done. Uh, even from a uh, care management, you know, we right. most people don't even realize that there are there are medical staff that are in the insurance staff that they do care about their the members and they want them to stay healthier and so on and so forth and they do whatever it takes to help them physically and mentally be fit. <laughs> so so yeah. so there is no reason why there's not in a potential interest there. Again, it's some it's a question to the public as they listen. Maybe someone can say, hey, we can help, you know, in yeah. Texas. Well, for not? all I know, that's like above my pay grade and that's someone else's job to figure all that out. So Stanzi at the phone will probably listen to this and she'll text me and be like, I'm already doing this. Like, so, hey, listen, know, if you are, but, that's it. <laughs> but thumbs up. Yeah, exactly. So we, uh, but yeah, that's all I know about it from my well, experience. Well, listen, I, you know, I, 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 I try to, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing, but, but, uh, just comprehend the, the work that you guys do and, and the connection between the art and health and, and, and how you do it is fantastic. So uh, uh, is there anything, I mean, we're coming to the end of the show. Is there anything that you want to just leave the audiences with in terms of an advice or, or any, any type of message you want to send? I think the only thing I would say, because I say this all the time in our meetings is I wonder what would happen if people didn't wait until the, the point of crisis to engage in the arts. Like if we were all, just creating every day and we were all going to museums like how our lives would change but instead we wait you know when the pandemic happened everyone where was that like Italy everyone was on their balcony singing to each other and everyone all the museums were giving away free access to their virtual stuff and plays were doing like what would happen if you were just doing that when you were healthy how that would change your life and uh instead of waiting until you're sick in a hospital bed so that's why I feel so lucky that I get to do it every day in all of my different jobs. Like I get to take in the arts every day and, and, and in many ways it has saved my life. So I, I want people to do it before they get sick is really my last thing that I would say. Well, listen, uh, preemptive art. I mean, preemptive action, I think is exactly. Uh, I wouldn't even add anything because I think that's that's beautiful, that's powerful, and we leave it at that. So, so Richard, it, it's been real. It's 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 it, it, it was super fun, and I, I I've learned a lot, and I hope that our audiences will benefit from this this particular show. Uh, and again, they have the way to reach out to you guys uh, directly to the website. I'll have the description in uh, the the link in the description of the show. So that's uh, that's gonna happen. So. Um, that's about it. So, Richard, thank you so much for being with us. Folks, thank you for being with us today and watching and, and listening on iHealth Radio. And we'll be talking soon. New guest, new day, new show, new topic. Bye for now.